0: Welcome to the Shift for Wellness podcast and to the fourth and final part of the Mindful Human Series. I'm your host, Jennifer Caputo, and this space has been created just for you as it promotes living with ease while facing challenges and tragedies with courage and resilience. In part three of the Mindful Human Series, we practiced getting in touch with sound as we played around with mindful listening. If you didn't get a chance to practice or listen to part three, you can check out episode number 40 your brain and mindfulness. You'll want to go to shiftforwellness.com/40 and there you can read the blog post or listen to the podcast and you can also download the free Shift for Wellness workbook I have waiting there for you so you can get right to work on creating a world of wellness for yourself. If you'd like to listen to the series in order, pause here and start the series right from the beginning with episode number 37. And again, you can do that by going to shiftforwellness.com/37. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today in part four of the Mindful Human series, I'm going to talk about what it takes to walk around in this world mindfully and how to best interact with others so they know that you're present and listening to them actively and respectfully. If you're just tuning into the series and starting with part four first, because listening in order doesn't matter to you, you'll want to know... In this four-part series on being a mindful human, I share what mindfulness is and what it isn't, why it's necessary to practice, I talk about neurobiology and the part the brain plays during mindfulness, and finally today, we'll talk about how to establish the role of the mindful human. Embedded in each part, you'll learn the basics for each topic. You'll begin to establish your own personal practice as you play with exercises I've woven throughout each podcast, and I'm confident that you'll feel confident enough to share what you've learned in each part so you can spread the wellness wealth and help me fill our world up with more mindful humans. This is the moment, people, the prime opportunity. I've been saying opportunity a lot during this time in our history. It's our opportunity for putting what you've been learning into play to prevent you from going off the rails. It's an opportunity to shift your perspective, to choose calm, to choose ease, to work toward living with ease, to block out the panic mindset and mob mentality that's happening all around us. It's an opportunity to practice compassion, to take what you need and leave the rest for someone else. I'm excited for you to learn and listen in on how you can make this practice of paying attention, having compassion, tuning into yourself by becoming aware of your senses, and being without judgment an easy, simple slice of your life. Let's practice some mindfulness before we go any further and begin with being mindful of our surroundings. Please get into your mindful bodies. Become still, quiet, relaxed, and upright. And bring your awareness to your breath. If you're not able to sit up and lying down is your only option, you won't have to worry about falling asleep because in this exercise, we'll be keeping our eyes wide open. Find yourself in a comfortable position in your chair with your feet on the floor. Maybe you're resting on the floor or on a bed. Maybe you're reclining wherever it is just to make sure you're comfortable. Maybe your back is resting gently against the back of a chair You can gently rest your palms face up on your thighs and keep your eyes open and look at what is around you in the room. Look all around. Pay attention to what you see. Is it bright or dark? Are you alone or with others? Are there windows in the room? Can you see outside? Can you see the sky? Is there light or sunshine shining in the window? If so, does it light up an area on the floor or on the wall? Or if it's dark outside, can you see lights or can you see the moon? Look at what is in front of you. Is there a wall, door, window? Are there curtains? Any artwork, light switches or furniture, bookshelves? What's beside you? Can you see behind it? Can you see behind you? Look all the way around you and observe. When your mind wanders, notice it and accept it. And then bring your attention back to looking around the room again. This is being mindful of your surroundings. Notice the temperature around you. Is it warm, cold, or is it just right? Is the air moving or is it still? Do you smell any odors or smells? Are they comforting or distasteful? Are they new smells or are they familiar? What can you hear? Is it quiet? If there's noise, what sounds are there? Where are they coming from? Are they loud, soft, sharp, soothing or annoying? Do you want to keep listening to the sounds or do you want them to stop? Is anything moving in the room? If so, what is it? What is staying still? Are things moving through the room, coming and going? Pay attention to your body sitting in the chair. Feel where your bottom is touching the chair or your back body is touching whatever it is that's supporting you right now. Is the feeling hard? Is it soft? Is what you're feeling cushiony or solid? Is your body supported comfortably? Is what you're sitting on too big for you? Do your feet touch the floor or do they swing above it? Do your knees bend at the edge of a chair? Do you fill the seat side to side, front to back? Look around and find something that particularly attracts your attention. Notice what shape it is, where it's located, what color it is, its texture, its purpose. Observe why it draws your attention. Does it remind you of something else? Can you call to mind what it is that it reminds you of? Is it common? are unusual. When you notice you've drifted off and you're not thinking about the room around you and about this present moment, notice these thoughts, accept them, and let them go. Just tell them, not now, and bring your awareness back to your surroundings. become aware of yourself in this space. How do you feel? Do you feel safe? Do you want to be here? Does this place feel familiar or does everything seem new to you? Have you been someplace else that reminds you of this place? Do you feel good, bad, or neutral here? Now that you've spent some time completely focused on being in this moment, bring the awareness you have gained back with you as you resume your regular life. Practice this exercise whenever possible to keep yourself present in the moment. You will concentrate better, get more done more quickly, and feel calmer. You can begin to deepen your breath. Wiggle your fingers and your toes, roll your ankles and your wrists slowly and just begin to move and stretch in any way that feels good to you and bring yourself back into this space. Before we get into talking about the role of the mindful human, I want to remind you that I'm making no claims to being an expert on mindfulness. I came to the practice because I saw a need for it in my classroom. I educated myself on it and continue to do so by taking courses I read about it extensively. I continue to work to develop my own practice, and I love to teach the practice to my students and my clients, and I encourage them daily to develop their own practices as I've been formally trained to do in the mindfulness curriculum through mindful schools. That being said, with the help of my own practice, the courses that I have taken, and the research that I've done, I've come up with four steps to becoming a mindful human. Step number one, pay attention to your interactions with others. I want to read a poem to you that was a part of a graduate course I was getting certified to teach 15 years ago. It speaks to being mindful during communication. And as I read these words, pay attention to whose faces pop up in your mind's eye. It's called Listen, and it's by an anonymous writer. I've seen various different versions of this poem online, but This is the one that I received and the way it was typed up. So here it goes. When I ask you to listen to me and you start giving advice, you have not done what I've asked. When I ask you to listen to me and you begin to tell me why I shouldn't feel that way, you have trampled on my feelings. When I ask you to listen to me and you feel you have to do something to solve my problem, you have failed me, strange as that may seem. Perhaps that's why prayer works for some people because God is mute and He doesn't offer advice or try to fix things. He just listens and trusts you to work it out for yourself. So please, just listen and hear me. And if you want to talk, wait a few minutes for your turn. And I promise I'll listen to you. These words sting a little bit because I'm guilty of some of the actions mentioned here. And that's why I love this poem so much because it resonates so deeply with me. I continually strive to be the speaker in this poem and it pains me to know that there were times that I was the person giving advice. There are times when I'm the person giving advice and trampling on feelings, not purposefully, but intentionally to help heal. This poem teaches me to listen first and listen compassionately with full focus and attention, then ask permission to offer if offering is even necessary. So when we know better, we do better, right? At the same time, this poem also validates my feelings of not being heard in some very close relationships I have. And as a result, I've stepped away from them. I've just made the choice to step back. A person can only take being dismissed and getting interrupted for so long before they feel rejected by the listener, before they feel like they don't matter. Rejection stinks. Nobody wants to be rejected, especially by those you love and trust with your deepest thoughts and desires. So who popped into your head when you heard this poem? Did you find yourself anywhere in the lines? You can download a poster version of this poem at shiftforwellness.com 43 and hang it somewhere where it can be a constant reminder for how you can listen mindfully to others. Nonverbal information travels in two directions from speaker to speaker. There is so much more occurring between two people than the simple exchange of information or a quick, simple greeting. So let's take a look at some ways body language plays into how we present ourselves to a listener or to the world and what that means for being a mindful human. Body language expert Joe Navarro tells us in his blog post, Body Language Basics, The Honesty of Body Language, that body language is the shortcut to communicating what is important because it's been evolutionary beneficial. Our needs, feelings, thoughts, emotions, and intentions are processed elegantly by what is known as the limbic system of the brain. It doesn't have to think, it just reacts to the world in real time and our bodies show how we feel. Generally speaking, some body parts that play a prominent role in communicating acceptance and rejection from the listener are the eyes and facial expressions, hands, voice, your posture, and even your feet. When you maintain eye contact and you reflect the feelings of the speaker through your facial expressions and you mirror the expressions of the speaker. You're showing that you're accepting what it is they're saying, that you're open to what it is that they're sharing. When your hands are open, you're showing that you are in support of what the speaker's message is. When your voice reflects the concern and interest in a speaker's message, it also shows that you're accepting and open to what it is they're saying. Your voice has inflection. It changes in speed and volume. Your posture is leaning in Towards the speaker and your feet are directed toward the speaker. These are all signs that you're communicating with your body language, that you're open and listening actively to what the speaker is saying. Conversely, when you avoid eye contact and your facial expression remains stone-faced and without expression and your arms are folded you're indicating to the speaker that you are not interested in what they're saying, that you're closed off, and that you're rejecting their message. When the voice is harsh or monotone with very little change in speed and volume, or posture is moving away from the speaker, maybe pointing toward a door or a window signaling you want to get out. When the feet are in the same direction toward a door or an open window. It's an indication of rejection. It's an indication that you are not clear or present or with this speaker. And the only thing you want to do is get out of the situation. Mindful interactions involve respectful, active listening. Paraphrasing the speaker and asking non-judgmental questions is listening respectfully. It sounds like, tell me if I understand you correctly, or... So you're saying, and then ask them a question about what they've just shared with you. Do you have a personal connection that has to do with the conversation without taking over the conversation and then making it all about you? When you listen actively, you're listening for underlying feelings. You're listening to emotionally support and understand another. You might respond with, you seem or you sound or you look, or you must feel, or it sounds like you're, and then add the appropriate feeling. This is how you know if someone is listening and being mindful during your communication. When your words are paraphrased, your feelings are validated, and there is a flow of conversation, of give and take, that's not intentional debate or argumentative, but easy and natural. That's a lovely space to be in. So before you even say anything to another person, you're first transmitting to them how you're feeling on the inside and their read on you registers non-verbally first and it registers immediately. How many times have you just looked at someone and said, what's the matter with you? Or what's up, what's going on? We get a read on people from their body language and if you're intuitive enough, meaning your mindfulness practice has built up your instincts and your ability to know what's true without conscious reasoning, you know when something's off or something's being kept secret. And if you're not present when speaking or spending time with someone because you're stressed or resistant to a situation, that registers especially in people who are highly sensitive and anxious by nature. And it doesn't matter whether you're face-to-face or on the phone. These people are assessing their environment at all times because mindless adults have been their norm. That's what they've become accustomed to. So step one in being a mindful human is pay attention and be present when interacting with others. Step two to being a mindful human is to strengthen your intuition. Your ability to sense what is going on in other people is directly proportional to your ability to sense or access your own feelings. Intuition is a trainable skill, but you first have to ask yourself if you're willing to get down and dirty and honest with what you're feeling. Through the development of mindfulness, you're able to more quickly and intuitively assess the mood and energy of the room when you're in a social situation. Through practice, a sense of what is appropriate in each situation emerges. There can be different levels of resistance and attention from people, and when you're tuned in as a mindful human, you're better suited to deal with what spontaneously occurs in each situation. Your imagination is the bridge to the intuitive self. In order to strengthen your intuition, you need to give the analytic adult side of you a break. You need to connect with your child self and be playful. When we talk about intuition, we're talking about energy. And by nature, energy is effortless. As children, we're smack in the middle of our intuitive self. Then we hit eight and nine years old and we become more external and a part of the analytical world. My teacher calls it spiritual amnesia. And I think that that's so sad because we forget that we're spiritual beings. We're spiritual beings having a human experience with an incredible library of knowledge inside of us. Every one of ourselves has consciousness in it. The key to working with our energy is to have fun. We can make energy come and go when we want. It's spontaneous. We already have everything inside of us to do this. Practice and commitment is the key. As with any practice, you get out of it what you put into it. Allow yourself to get still and be quiet. Maybe run through your favorite breathwork technique and if you're looking for one, For a breathwork technique that will quickly put you in touch with your intuition, listen to the 7-Minute Healing Breathwork Technique on the services page of the Shift for Wellness website. And once you begin to tune into your body and its senses, ask your inner wisdom what it wants you to know. Then, get ready to hear some answers because they are going to come. Be playful, don't analyze, What you see in your mind's eye is your answer, or what you hear or what you sense is your answer. If you don't understand, ask for clarification. Trust that the information you're receiving is what your body wants you to know. Our bodies are very intelligent, and we need to trust that they already have the answers we're seeking from the outside world. So step two to being a mindful human is to strengthen your intuition step three is to cultivate attitudes and qualities for yourself the mindful schools curriculum that i've been trained in has taught me there are qualities and attitudes we need to cultivate to keep our personal mindfulness practice fresh and interesting these attitudes and qualities revolve around basic communication skills and if you're living in the same world that i am we're sharing this space with some humans whose communication skills could use some work These qualities and attitudes differ from what we talked about in step number one. Here I'm going to discuss seven behaviors to cultivate. Mindful relationships grow organically from the empathic presence of being a mindful human. Short moments of mindfulness repeated many times integrated with these attitudes and qualities that I'm going to discuss here help to produce the culture you create for yourself. These attitudes and qualities are simply mindful behaviors, and the first mindful behavior is sensitivity. Through mindfulness of the body, the amount of kinesthetic information that we have access to greatly expands. You can begin your path to being a mindful human by paying attention to how the mood of people, places, and things registers within your physical body. The second behavior is mindful speech. This is more than just choosing your words carefully. As a mindful human, you want to notice how speaking with awareness creates a sense of relaxation where pauses and natural silence are seamlessly integrated with what you're saying. The third behavior is authenticity. This is making it real for you. There's a fine line between taking what works from different sources like people and writings and putting on an act by trying to be someone that you're not. Powerful and purposeful exploration is the result of finding and refining your own unique voice and style. I love the saying, imitate, integrate, and innovate. Mirror someone or something you admire. Practice and play with it until it merges with your own voice and style and becomes something of your own authentic creation. The fourth behavior is disclosure. Our culture has become a culture of exposure. Not a whole lot is kept private anymore. I think it's a good idea to personally keep that in check by being discerning with what you share where you share, and with whom you share. Disclosing information works toward forming a bond and builds connections. I disclose when I feel like I'm in a safe space. Past experiences have proven to me that perhaps I wasn't in as safe a place as I thought. So I offer this advice. How well do you know those with whom you are ready to share information? How well do they know you? If your company family, friends, colleagues truly know who you are and your true intention, you can trust that what you're about to disclose will be received compassionately. And you'll quickly know when you're misunderstood when there's upheaval, especially when causing upset or disruption was not what was intended. A mindful human would do no such thing on purpose. On the other hand, we all know someone who holds nothing sacred and divulges way too much. If this is you, or if you have these tendencies, check your intention and ask yourself if you're sharing because it will benefit the conversation or the person or people you're speaking with in any way. And if yes, then go ahead and continue to share. But if you're disclosing to get approval or to be liked or to mask fear... What you intend to disclose is probably going to create more disclosure than necessary and create an awkward situation for everyone. The fifth behavior is non-identification. And this is all about taking yourself out of the mix and not personalizing everything. Not everything is about you. People behave the way they do for lots of different reasons, many of which have nothing to do with you. So begin to see this resistance from people in this larger context, pull back from the tendency to personalize everything. If people resist you in some way, it may have absolutely nothing to do with you. Stay connected to your sense of humor and consider that their resistance may have everything to do with someone else or with something else that they haven't dealt with yet. Curiosity is the sixth behavior and mindful schools explains it as the development of mindful awareness makes us genuinely curious about inner and outer reality. So the more we develop our mindfulness practice, the more curious we become about our senses and about our interactions with the world around us. Ground yourself as a human being in an active curiosity about the other person's experience while you're communicating with them. And finally, the seventh behavior is success. Revel in the simplicity of small successes. Celebrate 30 seconds of practice. Allow these moments to fully make an imprint on you. Monitor your expectations closely, stay connected with what mindfulness is and why we practice it, and watch out for ideals that can creep in like, mindfulness will save everyone and solve all problems. Remember, it's not a cure-all. It's a lifestyle, which makes it a practice. And you have to be easy with your practice. The fourth and final step to becoming a mindful human is to consciously practice making mindfulness work. Like every other skill and strategy that's new to us, practice, play, and practice some more is the best approach. Sharing your experience also helps to build your practice as you connect with others and teach the practice of mindfulness to them. Emphasize your breath. In the practice of yoga, the inhale is an expansion of the breath, the life force of the body. And accompanying that inhale is the symbolic gesture of bringing in elements that best serve you. Inhaling in life, light, love, confidence, courage, trust, ease, calm, and all things that serve us well. In contrast, the exhale is a contraction of the respiratory system, the squeezing out of stale breath from the lungs and elements that no longer serve the body and the brain, like nervousness, worry, fear, anxiety, guilt, grief, all sorts of limiting beliefs. Start slowly, release any pressure to be perfect. It's not about being perfect. It's about being easy with the practice. And practice, there's no right or wrong here. The practice of mindfulness is about tuning into the body, brain, and breath, and noticing what you notice. It's about honing in on your senses and experiencing them to the fullest. Set a goal. two, three, five, ten 10 minutes throughout the day. 30 seconds will serve you in a way that you'll never be able to comprehend. 30 seconds is all you need, but build up from there. Transitions from one task to another are wonderful opportunities to practice mindfulness. Purposeful pauses in the middle of tasks are my personal favorite and the ones that I benefit most from. And above all, have fun. Keep it simple so it's sustainable and long-term. Allow it to become your norm. Here are some suggested times throughout the day to consider practicing. Before getting out of bed, when you get out of bed, brushing your teeth, transitioning between daily tasks, walking from one spot to another in your home, when you shift locations, in the middle of a meeting, when you're writing or designing, coffee breaks, lunchtime, even after lunch, when you're tired or drained, when you're on your way to work, when you need to alleviate negativity, while waiting in line. When focus and attention begin to diminish, at the end of the day, this is a great time to practice gratitude. Before we end our time together today, I'd love to take you through some mindful movement exercises. And I'd love to start with a mindful walking exercise. So find a place where you have room to walk back and forth about 10 or 20 steps in length. And then just start walking in place if there's enough room to walk. You can place your hands either behind your back, at your sides, or in front, whatever is most comfortable for you. And notice your breath for a moment as it flows easily in and out. Now pay attention to what it feels like to be standing. Notice how your feet feel touching the ground. Notice what muscles of your body are working to hold you up and keep you from losing your balance or falling over. Feel your hands hanging down, your shoulders over your lower back, your belly, each having its own part in keeping you upright in this standing position. Lean to the right and notice how your legs feel. Does your right leg feel lighter or heavier than your left leg? How does your right foot feel compared to your left foot? Now lean to the left and notice what feels different in your legs. Now stand up straight again and bend your knees if that's available to you. Pay attention to your feet, your ankles, your knees. What has to support you in this position in order for you to make this shape with your body? And stand up again. Feel the difference. Just notice and allow without judgment. Now let's begin to walk. Very slowly lift your left foot off the ground and move it forward and place it on the ground. Pay attention to your left foot and put your weight on it. Notice as each part of the foot comes off of the floor and gets placed back down. And pay attention to the right foot. Lift it, swing it forward and step onto it. What's happening with the rest of your body while you're taking these steps? Notice how your legs feel from your waist all the way down to your ankles and feet. Continue stepping slowly. Keep noticing how your body feels. When you get to the end of the path, stop and turn around. Take a deep breath and be aware of the first step as you begin again. Even notice what's happening to your body when you're turning around. Are you feeling sensations of air passing over your skin? Is it warm? Is it cool? Now walk faster, but keep noticing how your legs and feet feel. Now slow down again. Pretend you are someone who is walking so quietly, so, so quietly, that no one can hear you walk. Remember to move mindfully. As your mind begins to quiet, you will see how you notice more when you move slowly your mind becomes clearer. You tune into the connection between your mind and your body. If it helps you stay focused, you can say to yourself, walking, walking, or step, step, or right, left. Use these words to encourage the awareness of the sensations of walking. Slow down a little, and as you walk, Notice when you lift your foot, swing it forward, and then when you place it down. You might say lift as you lift and swing, and then place, go a little slower, but not so slow that you lose your balance. Lifting, placing, stepping, feel the stepping, feel the lifting, lift and place, it's very simple, and you're really just beginning with walking. Tune in to the motion of walking. Whenever your mind wanders, allow the thoughts, dismiss them, and focus back on the practice of mindful walking. When you're done, take a quick scan of your body and notice how it feels. Notice how clear and calm your mind is and enjoy the calmness. Bring the feelings with you as you get back to your day. Practice mindful walking as often as you can as you walk from here to there during the day. Resist the urge to be thinking, thinking, thinking while you walk. Allow the clear mind that results from choosing to pay attention to be the walking itself. Next, we'll play around with some sitting motions. So find a seat. Take a seat. Get comfy. Plant both feet on the floor. Even while you're finding your seat and sitting down, see if you can do it mindfully. See what you notice, how your body's moving, what it feels like to even just bend down and sit back in that chair. What parts of your body hit that chair first? What do you need to do with your body in order to sit in that chair in a balanced, proper way? Put your hands down to your side and take a breath. Take a nice inhale. And begin to raise your arms slowly out to the side. And I say slowly because while your arms are beginning to raise up and out to the side, ultimately you're going to go straight over your head. But while you're doing it, are you noticing a change in temperature of the air that's brushing past your hands? Are you feeling the air movement over your hands? And are you noticing that, or can you pay attention to, the temperature of your hands? And how about the temperature of the top of your hands versus the palms of your hands? Is there a difference in temperature there? And then when your hands and your arms are raised all the way over your head, you begin to lower your arms down. And notice the same thing. What is the air doing? How is it moving? What's the temperature like on the palms of your hands and the tops of your hands? Just pay attention until your arms get themselves all the way back down next to your side. And bring your awareness to your feet. Your feet are planted flat on the floor. Take a nice deep breath in. And as you inhale, go ahead and start to raise your feet out in front of you. Do it nice and slowly. And pay attention to all of the muscles in your legs and in your core. What's happening in your hips? What do your hands and your arms need to do in order to raise those feet up off of the floor? Slowly bring your feet back down. And what are you noticing within your body as you bring your feet back down to the floor and plant them securely back down. Then take a nice deep inhale. Straighten up your back. Grow it nice and tall out of your hips. Pretend there's a string that's pulling the crown of your head up toward the ceiling while you're keeping your chin parallel with the floor. Allow your spine to elongate and grow really tall. Roll your shoulders back and down. And notice all of the pieces of your body, even your inhales and your exhales. What is happening in order to make this posture and to fill this posture out. These are mindful motions. This is paying attention to your movement. And how do you feel at this time? How do you feel now compared to how you felt when we first started? What did you notice while you moved your body slowly? How did your body feel? Was it easy or difficult for you? What happened as you lifted your arms and lifted your feet? What was going on in your mind while you did this? Did you notice any change in your mind before or after doing this exercise? Thanks so much for spending time with me here today, folks, for the fourth and final episode of our Mindful Human series. The shift work I have for you this week has two parts, Part one is to practice mindful movement. In particular, I'd love for you to play around with dance. So have fun putting on your favorite music and dance and move with the music. There's no right or wrong way to dance. Just feel the music and then dance and move like the music is inside you. However you feel like moving, just move. And then pretend you're a mirror showing the world what the music looks like. And notice where you feel the music in your body. Pay attention to how it feels while you move and listen at the same time. Play several different songs with different beats and different styles and just have fun with it. Part two of your shift work this week is to make the principles of shift a part of your lifestyle. Smile to yourself and at everyone you meet. Really get honest with yourself and how you communicate with others, intentionally move through your day, have faith that all will be well, and above all, be thankful for this very moment. Have you downloaded the Shift for Wellness workbook yet? You can do that at shiftforwellness.com. It's waiting there for you. And within those pages, you'll work with five steps that will help you to feel safe at home inside yourself so you can be better equipped to face challenges and tragedies with courage and resilience. You deserve to be well. You deserve to be whole. I'd love to hear about your experiences with the practice. So if anything resonated with you here in part four, or if you have any questions, feel free to post them on the Shift for Wellness Facebook group page. There, you'll be able to connect with and learn from other like-minded individuals who are purposefully practicing with the intention of bringing more ease into their lives. I'd like to thank Deborah Burdick for the mindfulness work she's been doing with kids and teens. Deborah is an international speaker, psychotherapist, and neurotherapist, and she's been teaching mindfulness skills to her clients for more than 25 years. I've walked you through some of the exercises she shares in her book, Mindfulness Skills for Kids and Teens, a workbook for clinicians and clients. It has 154 tools, techniques, activities, and worksheets. You can see these activities work for any age level, and I can't recommend this resource enough. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, no matter where you listen, please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. You can rate and review the show while you're there. And remember, it's not about being perfect. It's about being easy with the practice.